My name is David Hershkovitz. I'm the founder of Paper Magazine, and this is Light Culture. Listen, learn, and stay ahead of the curve as I knock heads with cultural disruptors of the past, present, and future. Light Culture is brought to you by Burb, the Vancouver-based cannabis brand. Here we are at High Room Coffee Shop at Lemert Park. I'm sitting here with uh, one of the regulars out here, I feel. Uh, I frequent from time to time, but most definitely, most definitely. Better known as Problem, Jason L. Martin, rapper, producer, prolific mixtape maker, some 20 mixtapes yeah, under your belt or so, right? We was hustling. You're also an activist, community-minded, native of Compton. Not native, we'll get into that, but you mm-hmm. lived there for mm-hmm. a long time, right? Numerous side projects, from what I can tell, based on our brief meetings at the Hall of Flowers, mm-hmm. where we met, uh, one of the cooler cannabis events. So what brought you there? Ah, oh, man, I was coming to show some love and support uh, for some new partnerships that I have with the company Burb out of Vancouver. And um, they extended their hand to us to just kind of introduce some other brands that I'll be bringing to market, Coffee and Cushion, Benny's along with some other things. So we were just merging, just chilling, just kind of getting all in the same room. I want to speak on the activist thing. I wouldn't call myself an activist as of yet. I just think that I have a lot of big ideas and I want to change things. So let me put in some work. Let me earn that, <laughs> that okay. title. Just That's yet. fair. Yeah. But I imagine you were out in the streets during uh, the protests and uh, making your voice heard. I used my, my, my medium. Um, I used my Instagram, my social, my microphone, to kind of shed light on some things. Um, I've been outside, just period. You know what I'm saying? I, I really didn't wait till protests and things happening. Like, you'll catch me sliding through just period. You know what I'm saying? I'm from over here. I'm never not going to not be from over here. When I say over here, I mean the whole Los Angeles, San Diego, Oakland, California. So I'm always going to step outside, but just not for the bad stuff. The good stuff I like to pop up for mostly. I want to, I want to, I want to bring back celebrating what's dope about my town instead of just peeping out when, when shit is all fucked up. Right. Which is interesting because, you know, mentally, most people focus on the negative. Yeah. They turn to, that's, that's how we think for the most part. 90% is great. We focus on the 10% that's not so great. Right. But you're looking at it from another perspective, right? You're looking at the positive and trying to make that more obvious and yeah i think i just think it's time to change the perspective i feel like if we just start highlighting what's beautiful about where we come from it'll drown out the negative i feel like the media has has had a big hand in showing the faults of compton inglewood los angeles watts but never celebrating when we do something that's beautiful like in Lamert Park, they had the Juneteenth, huge celebration, no violence, no problems, nothing. That was barely talked about on the news. But if somebody had got shot two days later, it had been all over the place. We got to break that fucking cycle now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's, that's the nature of the news, unfortunately. They don't really report good things. And that's and a problem. It is a problem <laughs> because, you know, they like to keep people in a state of panic and fear yeah. and to keep them coming back to... Right. You know, watch more programming. What happened? What happened? It's kind of a, like the soap opera that keeps going on and well, on. Well, you know, for that, yeah, but they had this show called Friends that was on how many seasons? 
Lots. Nobody ever got shot on that. We watch that shit all the time. So that's not necessarily true. I think we need to change the narrative. You can't tell people like if, if you only had one option but to see what was good, everybody will watch. Trust me. Okay. Well, let's let's go there. So w- back to the cannabis for a minute. So where does that fit in with all of your other work with music involved in so many projects I see? So is that kind of a side project or where do you fit that? Uh, I will say that I'm more so just, I'm transitioning into that being the main focus. There's longe- financial longevity there for my family, for my team's family. It's a space that I was born in. Like, I remember I told you I'm a flower child. I call myself that. I was raised around weed. It's been growing around my house. My mom's always smoked weed. My It's always been around, so I've never seen a problem with it. I just never chose to monetize it. And, you know, Slick, I've been fucking talking about it for the last few years. Coffee and Kush derived from me drinking coffee in the morning like you've seen me do outside and smoking weed, and it just provided a focus. I just started finally talking about it. And it'd be crazy to not turn it into something bigger than that. Like, I'd like to use Wiz, for example, when he came with Cushion Orange Juice, I said, well, damn, what would he, I know what he wish he would have did. He, he wished he would have started an orange juice company. Mm. I think that would have been crazy. So it's like, let's, let's take that and add that here. It's like, let's, let's develop a cannabis conglomerate. Let's put together this fucking super team of people from Vancouver, from LA, Detroit. Let's see what we can put together. And see Don't we can forget do New up. York. Can't forget New York. We talked about New York. <laughs> New York's coming. New York is coming for sure. So you, you feel like it's going to make a difference if New York breaks through? I think once New York breaks through, it becomes humongous mainstream. I was watching um, Billions. It's one of my favorite shows on Showtime. Mm. And this season is about federalization of cannabis. That's how I know it's getting ready to come. They wouldn't even televise this shit if this wasn't getting ready to happen. And just the banking systems and how they're going to switch it up. I knew when I saw these, these may seem small, but when I saw Snoop Dogg smoking a blunt on the cover of New York Times, I said, oh shit, the fix is in. When I saw a billboard of cannabis on Times Square, they're getting everybody ready. This shit going to go federal way, way sooner than everybody think. And I hope everybody's ready. That's going to make a big difference. Isn't it's going to be huge because... I think it's going to cause a real stir up in the community of it because few of us have been able to operate federally. We haven't done it yet. We don't even know what it's going to be. You don't know the regulations. So those that have, have got allies, like I do with Bird, who's been operating federally for the last three years, we're going to have the upper hand. We're going to be able to just implement the system right in. Yeah, well, we'll see. Also, it's going to go more taxes. It's going to raise the price for all the legal stuff. And yeah. the underground is still going to be very big. All the strongest brands will survive. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel like with Coffee and Kush, with Benny's, with Burb, uh, with Mama's Flowers, the things we're developing, I think we and shit, Roots, Genetic coming. I think we're developing some of the stronger brands because they all stem from something real. It's not like I'm just slapping my name on something to get it to get a quick lick because this is the new hot thing. These brands all mean a hell of a lot to me because they all have storylines. Like everybody, every verb, I love verbs art, their approach with art and how, how art and cannabis have been just combined since the beginning of the time. Like, style in cannabis. No, we're not fucking lazy stoners. We're up early as fuck doing this interview. For real, yeah. <laughs> the cameraman is fresh as a motherfucker sitting over there. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not like bums that get stoned. We're a lot of businessmen that handle shit, but we like to smoke weed too. And that's the yeah. approach. Well, it's true in a way that, you know, the legalization in California kind of freed people 
from their couches. Right. You know, like before that, that's where you had to smoke and right. you couldn't go out and you had to be secret and hiding, you know. All. Totally. So now people can see it's not just about that. You know, there's it's, a lot of activity around. In it. New York, maybe in Cali, we've been walking around fucking smoking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the police, the police don't even want to, they don't even want to do the paperwork. They're like, listen, man, we're looking for guns and other shit, man. Y'all since way back, you mean? I've, again, me, I can only speak for me. Weed has never been a thing that was like, that's bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, it's just that wasn't my household. I didn't start smoking until I was an adult, though. Yeah. Which is crazy because I don't think I would have gotten in trouble. But, you know. Oh, you didn't smoke when you were younger? No, nah, I, I had this dream of going to the NBA. And at the time, oh, I thought really? you couldn't go to the NBA if you smoked weed. I wasn't doing anything. You didn't know that they were all you smoking up. also. Didn't know they were all smoking anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, shit, I can't do that. But then when that dream didn't happen, you know, me and my moms, we just started getting high. My first edible experience was with my mom. First time I smoked was my mom. Nice. So well, that's a healthy way to approach uh, this yeah. thing, right? yeah. And the stigmatization that we hear about, you know, because of the stoner history, our prototype that people think that's what a what a somebody is if they smoke weed. Right. That never was part of the image that you no. had because your mom's was working and No, nah, she wasn't working. My mom has owned property since I was oh. 10, 11 years old. Like she's been owning, she's owned she owned a mountain in Hollywood. She owns a duplex right now. She just gave it to my sister. She owns our house in Compton that uh, we grew up in. She owns property in North Carolina. My mom ain't had no job. She's I've this spirit that's in me, I've seen this my whole life. She's always been a boss. Like when I got <laughs> when I got Mia Benz, she went and bought her once just so she could show people, like, nah, I don't yeah. need him to do shit. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I just I come from something very, very, very different. So Compton, I know it's very important to you. Yeah. You've talked about it. You've made a movie about it. Yeah. You're very involved in Compton. You grew up there. My impression of Compton has changed recently because I read the book, uh, Nipsey Hussle, The Marathon. Don't He's not Stop. from Compton, though. He's from over here. He's from the Lamert Park area. He's from the Slauson area. Compton is down the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I get them all like, you know, yeah. as an outsider. New York. It's all kind of merges that's like into, if, that's like if into I say, one Yeah, thing. Harlem and Brooklyn are the same. You'd be like, what the fuck okay. are you talking about? So this is very different? Very, very from different. From where he was? So you didn't have like the gangs and all that kind of Well, there's gangs all over this motherfucker, but there's just different gangs over here. I'll just say that. But Nipsey's, Nipsey's power Flooded all through the city. He was loved in Compton, Watts, South Central, Eng everybody loved Nip. So he's been he's been held by all of us, but he's from the Slauson area. And we're, that's where we are right now. And Compton is down the street, though. So we're here right now in this gang, this is, gang district. Not gang <laughs> district. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I feel like <laughs> I feel like gang district is like, that's like smacking it in the face. It's like, nah, this neighborhood... Well, obviously. This neighborhood is protected by this group of people. It's how we like to... It's more tribal. It's more village-like, especially with this area in particular being locked off in like, this is a free zone where everybody can kind of be a free thinker. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing here that I've just but yeah, been this walking was his, around. His hood, his, his hood is down the street this way. Yeah, but Compton is east. 
Yeah, because the way I understood, you know, the gangs in New York is like something, you know, for me as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, it's just something you did for a few years when just for fun and right. you wanted to be in a gang because it was a cool thing. And it was just like the Third Street Gang and the Second right. Street. Blocks, more yeah, blocks. It was more yeah. about blocks. And then when I read that book, The Marathon Don't Stop, uh, you know, by, about Nipsey, which is, I, I think, a really great story, it became clear that it was more of a family thing. It just Very goes much back so. generations and it's not necessarily. I don't know. Of course, bad shit happens as well, but I bet right. good things come from the gangs too. Nah, I mean, I think amazing things come from, from this village that's been created. You know what I'm saying? I think, again, it's all about what the news and media highlights. They throw gasoline on the negative shit and they throw a blanket on the positive shit. And that's just what's always been like, I've been protected and, and helped and mentored by some of the biggest Pyrus ever. Some of the biggest Crips ever to come from the city were huge mentors in my life, kept me out of trouble, didn't let me do certain shit. And that story is never, ever talked about for some strange reason. You get what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure in New York, once somebody saw something in somebody in that game, they was like, okay, let's not have him holding guns. Let's not have him do the drug part. Let's put him in school. Let's do it. It's the same over here. It's the same thing. And I just think like putting up, highlighting it. The origins of what that shit started from gangbanging didn't start to be this murderous situation. It was a protecting thing. But then you drop drugs in the community and drop money in the community, you know, all kind of hell breaks loose if everybody's not educated and not organized. So, so you have some big ideas for Compton. Yeah. Yeah, and so why is it so important to you? What makes these neighborhoods so important? Why isn't it just so, well, you move on, you're successful, you can go live anywhere at this point. Why do you care about Compton? I care about Compton because I'm not here without it. And, I, and you can't just move on. You know what I'm saying? Like I just told you, my mom still owns the house I grew up in. I was just there before I came here. And I love that. And you're not supposed to just leave. Now, I'm not going to live anywhere for longer than five, 10 years until I get a certain age. But no, it's important in, in, in going through there and letting niggas see that you can still come through. Let them see some form of success. They need to see this. I want to do this damn walk of fame so bad. Yeah, bro. I read about that. Tell me what that. I was talking to an older gentleman from the neighborhood a while ago. He just recently reminded me and we were talking about doing a Compton walk of fame. So I was in the car the other day and I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, I got a chance to talk to some. I'm like, damn, there's so many dope people from Compton. You got fucking Kendrick Lamar, Dr. Dre, Big Boy, uh, fucking Kevin Costner, fucking the Serena Williams, shit, myself. Like, it's like, hold on. I think it'd be dope for kids to walk by and see the stars. Like, why do we have to have stars in Hollywood? Why do we have to do that? When we got this whole street, Rosecrans, that goes through the whole thing. We got our own downtown. Let's start beautifying this shit. Stop fucking with all these gang prevention joints and, mm -hmm. and, and, and niggas trying to trip and, and, and all. No, let's just start making this shit look nice. Let's start planting some trees around this motherfucker. Let's start beautifying it. Let's give it another outlook. I think if you start showing positivity to anybody, they're going to start being positive. They'll follow you. Yeah, and then you'll see like, whoa, that. wait a minute. Kevin Costner was from this motherfucker? It'll trip people out. It'll trip people out. What's the next step for doing something like that? Is there, is there, who would you go to in the, is it a political well, my, thing or? My wife's godbrother has uh, said he'll donate the cement. So I found that part. We got people in place that's ready to get their stars presented to them. It's just the city. Like the city got to let me do it. They got to allocate 
a space for me, mm. and they got to allow me to do it. it I see across the street they got one little, you know, Charlie Mingus. And right. People. Like, and we suppose we, we don't have to go to fucking Hollywood to see that shit. We come from over here. Most of the people that made it, that's got these stars are from this side. Why yeah. doesn't Snoop have a fucking star in Long Beach? Mm. Why not? Like, that's his neighborhood. Kids need to be able to go see that. So do you feel like you have support from that community? Not just there, but the ones who left and have become successful and, and helping you to achieve your goals? I just think it's bigger than me right now. You get what I'm saying? It's bigger than just celebrities wanting to do something. It's going to take some real, you know, some real know-how. It's going to take some people that's going to have time to really devote to getting that done. You get what I'm saying? But as far as the seriousness and whatever cachet we need to get or whatever calls we need to make or whatever means we need to have, I'm ready to have them. I've had some talks with some people. But again, I'm tired of talking. You've been around me for this last week. I do a lot of doing. You get what I'm saying? And if something's getting held up for no reason at all, and, I, and I've and i heard stories of other people from Compton trying to do certain shit and they're just not allowing them, it might be something we need to go look into. But we're yeah. going to see, man. I'm, 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 I have a positive outlook on it. I think it's going to get done the next two, three years for sure. Because you worked with some of the biggest names, right? Snoop, Kendrick, Chris Brown, Wiz Khalifa. So there's a lot of clout there in, among those people. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, Successful black people, man. We we sticking together a little bit more right now. So it's nothing but a few phone calls to make it go down. It's just they just gotta. It's, and it's it's just they just gotta let me, man. They just gotta let me show them something. I think it's tough. People don't really see shit until it's in their face. Not everybody's a visionary, and not everybody can see the end of something. A lot of people, unless yeah. unless it's, unless I put this in your hand. <laughs> You'd have never thought, that, like, who invented this? Somebody was like, you know what? I don't want to hold my tape. And somebody looked at them stupid. And he's like, no, I want to just be able to pull it and pop it. Probably somebody looked at them stupid until they put it in their hand and was like, oh, yeah, this is a great contraption. That's what the fuck we going on with. What up, boy? The mayor. You know, in Hollywood, it seems to be similar situation because, you know, when you propose like an interesting new idea or a new approach to something, they don't. I don't know. Nobody's done this. But once somebody's done it, everybody wants That's the point, the man. copy of that. Right? I go through that with dealing with like these music rollouts and all this shit. I hate the word normally and usually. That means it's been done before. And I don't care. I don't want to hear that. I'm trying to create a new future. I don't. We can pull from the past, but I'm not trying to recreate the past. I'm trying to add to this. You get what I'm saying? So I hate when people say, well, yeah, well, normally we, and then usually when we do this, and, and it don't be no real W's. It, it was the W that one time y'all did it. But I'm tired of hearing about that. So, so like, where does your all your positivity come from? Is that from your mom's or is it you feel- My mom, my wife, my wife mainly, my team, my babies. And you. I mean, yeah, man, I'm, I'm by, you know, a lot of it has to do with you. But right? I mean, they make me. You get what I'm saying? Like, you are your surroundings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are your surroundings. So without them shooting the energy to me to be even believe that I can accomplish some of the shit I'm trying to pull off, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, all, it all goes to them. God, you know the real is, like, I want to make my last name mean something because that's all you really got. I want that shit to mean something. I want when... You're a part of, when you're a Martin, my daughters and, and, and my family, they can say, damn, like, they put our name on the map. This shit is forever. Like, the crafts are forever. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm into that. And, and the movie that you made, 
a day in Compton? Short film. It was called Compton Story. A Compton Story. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, that was on Tidal. Apple released it, right? It's still there. Uh, yeah, but I pulled it off. We're about to re-release oh. part one with part two. Ooh. And um, I had my brother Terrence Martin come rescore the whole thing. So it, he added a whole jazz element to the whole situation. Sweet. So yeah, so, shout out to my brother Terrence. So that's going to be the same re added to the original or though I remixed the first I'll be, oh gonna be the first God. ever remix a movie so wow, I love it <laughs> we're gonna remix the first one and the second one is gonna release with it because so I shot me what, why you made it and what you expected as uh, to come out of it to keep it clean I just wanted to try to do a short film I just didn't want to ask nobody so one day I just like well shit I'm gonna learn about it I'm gonna watch some master classes I'm gonna get on YouTube I'm gonna figure out some things I'm I edit music so the meticulousness that it takes, I, I don't mind it. So I can sit there and cut all day. So I was like, let's go for it. Let's see what it do. I literally, it was like, it was like taping together that first one. But I, I'd rather go out there and say, I tried to do this myself. I use my own money. So then when I go to go do it bigger, I can say, well, look, this is what I did thus far. Then I just got a knack. Like, well, let me try to do it again. I want to learn myself. I, I want to be able to say I can do everybody's job in the room. From the camera holding to the to the audio to the direction. So then when I have to do it from a bigger seat, I can say, well, no, nah, that's not right. I want to do it like this. This is so you did all of that in this. So which one did you like the most? And which one don't you like? Man, the first one, I love it because it was the first. And it was like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I appreciate everybody that came out. Shout out to Mike Epps, Snoop, everybody that helped me with it. Punch, TD. And then the second one, I I like a whole lot more. Just because I, the storyline is there, uh, it was shot better. Uh, so you reshot, you did more work. On uh, it? The second one, part two. Yeah, um, I definitely it's definitely shot better. It's definitely shot better. He saw, I think he saw a couple of them. I saw playing them at the office, but for my first two projects, I'm like, okay, I can really go do this now. But it's part of like the writing, directing, performing. Just Which one of those did you like producing? I actually like editing and scoring the most. To be perfectly honest with you, I really would like to create new stars. I'm not really trying to be in front of the camera like that. Adding the music and the editing was the shit for me. Like, that's the best time for me. So, you know, acting is not next step because you are starring in it. Tell us a little bit about the story and where, where it came from. The story is just, it's just, man, it's basically like, uh, have you ever seen Real Husbands of Hollywood with Kevin Hart? Yeah, oh, sure. It's like a... a <laughs> that was it's, hysterical. It's like, it's a real life, it's take real life moments, but just... Simple things like problem trying to get from A to Z and the things that happen from me getting to A to Z. It's funny shit. It can be gangster shit, but it's all just me trying to get back home every day. So that's basically what the premise is. It's not really deep. The, the real art and the magic in it is in the music and the comedians and actors that's in it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, D-Ray Davis narrated the second one. Exhibits in the second one. Jackie Long in the second one. And Mike Epps narrated the first one. So, yeah, man. What is that going to come out, the second one? Uh, we're figuring it out now. We got some people that want to um, do some different deals for them. So, probably next year. Probably next year. Top of next year. So, Nipsey is someone who obviously did enormous for the community. Yeah. And he paid the price in a way, right? When he was shot. Do you feel that was... No, I don't think... You know, I don't... I think... He I stuck think, his neck out too far? No, I think... I think... That's some real L.A. shit that just happens. 
And you know, and I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I, I wouldn't say you can't, you can't say don't come back somewhere and then be somewhere. And then we, when something bad happens, we like, well, don't go back no more. I just think he, it, that was, that was tragic. It should have never happened. And we'll just, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So, okay. What about music then? Where do you feel about how it's looking today? Cause a lot of, you know, hip hop has become like the pop music of our generation. It's just everywhere at this point. How do you feel like it's lost anything because of that? Because it has to be so pop when it comes to telling stories or messages. I think when anything is to making as much money as it's generated, it's just going to get diluted. And that's just what we're in right now. There's no wall. There's no gate. You can just do it. Like right now, you can do a rap song right now, upload it, and be right next to Drake on a playlist. Like that's insanely sick to me. Like, I cannot just go buy tickets to the game at the Staples and then get a jersey and play with LeBron. Right. You get what I'm saying? So that's what's fucked Maybe up. Maybe the Celebrity All-Star game. Well, even that. <laughs> but even I got to become a celebrity to do that. So I can't. No Joe Schmo. Any Joe Schmo can do music now, so it's diluted. It and it's really, it's really fucking up the money in the industry, in, in real life. You get what I'm saying? The true art, the true talent is now like, well, I'm just doing it to to make money off of something else. I'm a victim of that right now. You know, Coffee and Kush, the albums have turned into this business, this ecosystem on purpose because I saw what was going on. I'm like, nah, the music, the music been pimping me for years. It's time for me to pimp my own music. I'm going to monetize off of it. But the fact that I got to think about that instead of just like, I want to make the best fucking song ever and then it's going to go out to the people. You can peep with fucking 70,000 releases every Friday. What? Really? That's what it is? Yes. That's insane. That's insane, bruh. Like, every Friday. Like, I remember when you used to tell a girl, like, yeah, I rap. She'd be like, damn, that's fly. You say that shit now, they like, what else you do? Like, what the fuck? That's right. Crazy. You, gotta, you gotta be doing other things. That's crazy. And you are doing other things. I mean, you, you've I'm just saying you got that, a TV show that you're looking to put together, right? Got a couple of things in the works. Give me a little bit of what your day is like in terms of work. Are you, I also read, you know, I did a little bit of research that you had kind of changed your whole life around at one point. Yeah. And could tell us what happened in that respect. Well, yeah, I was known for this free spirited party, party animal rapper with a little hint of danger in him. You know, I was, I was a good time, fun time. A lot of women around, a lot of everything around. And, um, you know, my daughters started getting older mm. and that shit played a big deal in what I had to start saying. I remember when my eldest baby, she got into high school and our first day of high school, I was so excited. Like, damn, she's going to high school. It's going to be dope. And then she hits me like, dad, I'm mad at you. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, the kids in school, they're playing a song about your thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, some song you did called D2B. The song is Dick Two Bombs, the name of the song. Oh, and she's like, they're playing this and they're talking about you. And it's supposed to be my first day of school. I'm like, I'm feeling horrible. Because I mean, in one instance, this was just me earlier rapping and this is what's making my money. But now it's affecting my baby's day. So it was like, oh, I got to switch this shit up. You know what I'm saying? I have to switch it up. I have to figure it out. And then I realized the fans wasn't ready for me to switch it. They still wanted me to do the shit that I've done before. So it's like, okay, I got to really 
rebrand. So even just the growing pains of figuring out what am I going to do next? What am I about to do next? What I'm going to try next? All these different things just so I can keep making some money. I just started losing momentum. I'm like, fuck that, man. I got to go back to the truth because Hollywood shit was the truth. It wasn't no fakes. Diamond Lane shit is the truth. It wasn't nothing fake. My truth is I really get up. I just walked with my wife at 530 in the morning to go get coffee and I smoke weed and I handle business all day. Let's talk about this. Talk to my daughters on the way to, to here. Go check on my mom. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the trials and tribulations of trying to change and how fucked up. Let's talk about the real and it's working. How did you change? What did I just started talking about what was really in front of me and not what was me. And motherfuckers just had to catch up. And the response, what did people like say? What's wrong with problem? What happened? I mean, shit, the response is now I'm sitting here getting interviewed by you. And we got these cool cannabis companies yeah, going yeah, and, yeah. and it, it seems like it's working out. But the, it was rough as fuck. Like, you know, it, it's just like, it's like if Batman wore a new outfit, you're like, I want him to put on that other shit. And I get it. I get it from a fan's perspective. But what people have to understand is that the new artist can't go hide and come out on album time. So I have to be totally 100 authentic. I cannot play in no kind of fakeness because the new fan will figure it out. Oh, he's just joking. That ain't really his house. That ain't really his car. That's not really what he do. They more into like your authenticity. You get what I'm saying? Not this big fake shock moment of wearing jewelry and socks at the beach when that's not <laughs> what the fuck you wear at the beach. So like I'm, I'm going to dive into this side of who I am. And, and that's where I'm at. And, you know, we're going to see how it all plays well, out. That, that requires discipline, too. You can't just pull a, flip a switch and suddenly you're... You definitely stuck. can just start telling the truth. And that's the switch a lot of people need to hit. Because <laughs> the truth wins every fucking battle. Everyone you ever going to be in. Did you lose a lot of friends or any... As a result of that, did you have to find like a whole, you know, like when people go through mm -hmm. whatever AA or something and they have to like change their life and drop their friends because... No, you know, bad my, influences and things like that. No, nah, I come from a real forceful crew. My friends are going to have to get with it because <laughs> you're not, if you stop fucking with me just because I don't do what you do, that means you wasn't really my friend anyway. If I got to agree with you and you got to agree with me for us to be friends, get your ass away from me. I ain't your girlfriend, nigga. That's not how this works. So no, this is how I am. This is me. And we adjust. We adjust. If we love each other, we'll just adjust. But my being me doesn't hurt or hinder anybody because I'm not here for that. So it, it was, I don't think it was really that hard. I still talk to all the same people I've always talked to, honestly. I got some new people that's around now that I actually adore. You know, some more like-minded people that are on the wave than I'm at. You know what I'm saying? And merging that with my homies that always kind of thought like this, but we just have a new way of saying it. And is this what's propelling you forward in, into these other... Most definitely. Work and the TV series. Most definitely. The rap, the rap business prepares you is, is the best business college you ever going to go to because it's the fucking worst business in history. <laughs> it's a, it's a badass loan. It's a, it's a terrible loan deal. Like even the best deals, even the best of the best deals is a bad, bad, bad loan. You get what I'm saying? It's a bunch of people that loaned you money that try to tell you what to do with the you money mean that the you got. Industry, yeah, you mean? they try to tell you what to do with the money that they gave you that you got to pay triple back on. You got me fucked up. That doesn't make any sense. So if you can survive in this, you can do any business because that's not how real business works. Music business plays off mental manipulation. When you when you swapping intellectual properties, 
Niggas trying to price tag it. Well, this song is worth 99 cents. Says fucking who? No. How much of your mixtapes do you sell them? Back in the day? Yeah. We was just trying to get them off to get them everywhere. But some people, they'll hear the price and like they'll like it and give us more. It was like back then, it was like straight on CDs and shit like that. That's what so, I love the Nipsey when he sold his mixtapes yeah, for like a hundred bucks did or that whatever. Shit, that was crazy. That was crazy. I remember when he did, I was like, whoa. Was player. He always was ahead of the curve, though. Always. Always. Always, though. Like, always been ahead of the curve. People had to catch up to him. The, you seem very open, which I find refreshing in a way, because a lot of people, they're not open to meeting new people. They're not open to new ideas. You know, they feel like they got it. And, mm, yeah. and you know, you just sort of got to go along with them or, you know, as observing you as for the, you know, couple of days as I have, it just feels like you're very open to new ideas, new people, just you yeah. want to hear what people got to say. I mean, I feel like how can I truly judge something if I haven't heard it, if I don't know it, if it hasn't said something to me? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's like I, I have to know if I like you or don't like you. I can't just make that assumption off of a greeting. And you've always been like that? I've always been like that, but I feel like my delivery and, for lack of a better term, this wardrobe makes it more inviting. Prior to when you saw me before, my bravado was louder. You know what I'm saying? I got on shades. I got on big-ass chains, jewelry. <laughs> probably ain't got no shirt on. But I thought, oh, yeah? I thought exactly like this, but it didn't look like I did. So it was like, I'm more inviting this way. Like somebody who can walk up to me and be like, yes, oh, he's, he's probably you cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not intimidating in the right. look. And I got tattoos all over the place. My name is Problem. I'm from Compton. That already <laughs> scaring the shit out of every motherfucker. Yeah, so where, tell me about your name then. What's the genesis of that? Man, Problem derived from me playing basketball. Oh. I, I got named that from hooping. Like, they were like, you a problem on the court. We're going to start calling you Problem. And that's where my name came from. People assumed it was from me doing bad shit. I didn't start, like, right, I didn't start doing bad shit until I got older, which is fucking crazy too right yeah then it was like fuck this and then having children early and dealing with the court systems and shit i just went on a whole like i'm going against the world fucking system blah, blah, blah. had that little run and you know we out of it now <laughs> you, know, you, you talk you know negative in a way about the music business and industry and so on so what do you tell young people who want to do that, who want to be you, who want to be successful in the music business, they want to be rappers. Do it your way. Do it your way from beginning to end. Do it your way. And, but when you do it your way, you know it's going to take a little longer and it's going to take a lot of money. So if you don't have a lot of money or a lot of time, you do it that way fast then and get it out the way, stack your money, then go to do it your way. But eventually get to doing it your way because that shit will fuck with your art. It'll fuck with your whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think what I will say to people is understand where you at in the spectrum too. A lot of money. It's gonna take you a buck fifty to two fifty K to crack. And it's gonna take 18 hour days to crack, like to really crack the code. And it's gonna take five to ten years of 18 hour days with the buck fifty. No, understand it. Like, you're not a professional or anything until you put in your 11 years. You may hit a lick. You may get some money. You may get a win. But you're not going to really be in your shit until you went through that time. I went through a couple of them, shit. <laughs> I feel like uh, 
Shit, we we was selling CDs and out here 2002, 2001, 2003, like, and then like when I say we like I hit, like I really hit 2012. It's like when I really hit, like, well, okay, I'm monetizing off who I am and the brand and Diamond Lane is huge in the city. So what was it? What was the thing that turned it around? The label, the yeah, the, starting the, your own company. Yeah, well, my my guy, man, shout out to my boy Brian, Brian Lawson, aka Fastlane. His vision, he somebody had grabbed me when I was visionless, and and applied his vision to my art, and that's what created problem. You get what I'm saying? Meaning like, here you should put this on. Here you should wear your hat like this. Here you should put your glasses on like this. They should be able to dress up like you for Halloween. If they didn't do that, you're not a star yet. This is what, the, like, all of that shit that you need to do to really, like, I, I give all that credit to him. And he put his money where his mouth is. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This has been self-funded. Diamond Lane was self-funded by him for a long time. I just recently was able to come in with my own cash and start assisting on a smaller scale. But... Him, he turned this thing. And what was that relationship like? Was it just business or was it old No, nah, this or? is my dog. This is my friend still. We still do business. And you listened to him. You believed yeah. he knew what he was talking I about. I listened to so him. So that's a key. That's what I talk I'll about talk, being yeah. open. It's like a lot of, someone might tell you something, but doesn't mean you're going to do it or listen or believe. The thing is, I, I trusted what he said just because, you know, he's one of them type of people that he wouldn't say it if he, got, if he didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? I have a lot of people like that that I keep around Is me. Is he like, an old friend or how did you guys Yeah, that's my dog. We, 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 we met through my brother Nick and then we've been just in the streets together. We was in the streets together for a lot of the early 2000s. And like, he wanted to transition into something else and I was transitioning into something else and it just, it all just kind of happened at the right time. You know what I mean? But that been my dog before that and he gonna be my dog after this. Like, we still do Diamond Lane together. You know so you're I mean? still into producing music and finding artists and working with artists. And- yeah, totally. Airplane James is out doing crazy right now. He's on tour with Bino. Shout out to him. I'm doing things with Rostrum. Uh, just recently brought Keishonada's brother, Lou Phelps, over there. Uh, we're going to do something crazy with him. Um, I'm definitely going to always keep my hand in music just because, A, I love it. And two, they need me there because I'm not going to lie to nobody. I don't give a fuck if you don't like my opinion. You don't, don't. You're not going to tell them it's good if it's not, nah, right? Nah, and I'm not about to play with you. And the thing is, you know that once you hear my independent story and the fact that I saw a lot of emails, I saw a lot of lawyers, we paid a lot of people. I know our radio works, TV works, the whole thing. There's certain shit you just can't lie to me about. You can't tell me this didn't react because of this. The way you win this game is spending the most money. Just like in every other fucking game it is. Oh, so sure. you know That's who's hot and who's not by who spends money, not who's, who's the most talented. Wow, that's that's ding. That's ding. The, I'm sorry, I let it out the bag. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's that's how you win the game. Yeah, period. Yeah. It's it. That's the only way. With no talent. I've seen talented people with a whole lot of money become super famous. So no. But you've seen talented people with no money not get it. Not go nowhere. Yeah. Now, you'll get a few. You'll get one out of a million on both sides. But what happens when the right amount of finance gets put into somebody talented, you get Drake, you get Kendrick Lamar, you get J. Cole. But they already had done something themselves too, right? They, yeah, no? I mean, you, you have, you, the thing is, one don't work without the other because you can't have all the money 
But then you're going to have to put more if the talent is weak. Yeah. It's it's true. You know, we never know. I don't know because I'm not an insider like you, but what the true story is behind yeah, a lot of these big much label, successes. You, know? you could tell how much your label care about you about how much money they spend. Period. Period. It ain't deeper than that. If they spend the money, you'll be everywhere. You'll get a real legitimate shot. I just told you, 70,000 fucking records drop every Friday. The odds of you getting picked out of that is insane. What about like these, these new social, you know, TikToks or whatever that, yeah. is that a new platform that TikTok you think is, a, is amazing too, but you got to throw money to that too. It's money. Listen, there's no business that's going to work <laughs> without putting in $150,000 to $250,000 to start. There's not one business. You'll get lucky. But then at some point, you're going to have to dump some money into it, even if you get lucky. This show right here, right now, imagine it with 250000 thrown in it. This one right here, right now. Oh, yeah, like Culture Pod. Yeah, John. <laughs> yeah, yo. John, what's up, man? What's up? You see? <laughs> just, just imagine. Bigger guests, bigger camera, bigger, di- bigger everything. That's every business ever. Yeah, well, the, the marketing, the promotion, wherever what you you're put talking the money about, at. right? Like me, I would rather two hundred fifty thousand get put in the marketing this episode yeah. than the setup. Yeah, it's, it's the information we want them to hear your talent, the way you interview. Like, yeah, that's the game. Yeah, get it out, distribution. Yeah, how many people gonna see cannabis, it? Cannabis, whether it's music, you got to get it out to the people. They got to see it. It got to be everywhere. It has to be everywhere. That's why the thing with Burp, for me. For Burp to make an impact in L.A., throw them fucking billboards up. Let everybody see we outside now. First, I'm telling you, the first thing that happened when I pulled up to this coffee shop, my friend, my good friend, Il Camille said, hey, what is Burp? That was the first thing she said to me when she got out the car. Why'd she ask you? Because she saw me post it. Oh, okay. But she saw the billboard outside, uh, though. Uh-huh. It was like, I mean, what is this? Is it fashion? Is it this? And that and that's exactly that that leads to all of this. Burb is coming inside California to make a mark everywhere with the fire weed and the fire expression. And you're gonna see the difference in the brand. Okay. Thank you, problem. Telling us the story. Straighten me out about Compton. <laughs> <laughs> no, you straightened me out about New York with all the flowers. You told me some stuff. I'm like. You're right. You definitely right. I'm gonna make sure I get out to that blue note too. I gotta go check out. Make yeah, sure y'all go see please. Robert Glasper in the whole blue note. They're gonna be out there in November. Yeah. Terrence Martin, my brother. It's gonna be a lot of people please out there. Please let me know if you come because no, I'm I would coming. love to host you and go with you to see some shows no, and stuff. Definitely. I gotta see that scene, man, because that's how New York is gonna invade the cannabis space. All right, you heard it here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Problem. Thank you, brother. You've been listening to Light Culture. You can find us at shopburb.com, Light Culture, or at Light Culture Podcast. Thanks again to Burb. You can follow them at shopburb on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to and review the show. If you would like to get in touch, reach out to me directly at David Reporting. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.